0: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's going on, everybody? Season wrap-up episode of First in Fox, Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, listening on the free Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts, because, hey, look, just because the New England Patriots are done playing football this season does not mean we are going to be done talking football on this podcast so make sure you stay tuned but look, let's get to it Monday after morning after Patriots lose to the Buffalo Bills 35 to 23 and the corresponding victories by the Miami Dolphins and Pittsburgh Steelers officially eliminate the New England Patriots from playoff contention their season is done at eight and nine so hey if you remember any of those preseason condi- if you remember any of those preseason predictions, I had them at 9 and 8 and missing the playoffs, well, one game off, but in the end the result was the same. They were just good enough not to make it in the end. Look, I don't think we needed any special powers of clairvoyance or you know, prediction, crystal balls or whatever to see this one coming against the Buffalo Bills. Give the Patriots some credit though, they definitely fought a lot harder than they did last season when their season ended in Buffalo uh, in a forty-seven to seventeen loss or whatever that was. I believe it was forty-seven to seventeen. And look, they just—they're—they're they're, they're a bunch of players away and definitely a few coaches away from getting this thing back completely on track going forward. Let's talk about the game, though. For one thing, let's go ahead and start with with Mac Jones and the offense because it's going to be an interesting conversation. Me personally, I think Mac Jones played fairly well for what Buffalo has been trying to force him to do for a long time. And the, the mistakes and interceptions, they caught up with him later on in the game. But that first half was pretty clean for Mac Jones, and look, Ever since Buffalo has, has come in against this kid, they have been trying to make him do what he's not good at. They've been trying to force him to throw the ball outside the numbers and down the field. And even when it wasn't looking the prettiest, the ball come out of his hand a little funny or what have you. I mean, I think that by and large, he was getting the job done. You know, those, those deep out routes along the sideline, he was completing them. He was getting them where they needed to be. He was getting – that he was beating the defense at what they were asking him to do. So I, I think those were positive steps, avoiding some of the sacks. I mean, he got crunched on that first series. That was, that was a pretty rough hit by, by Gregory Rousseau on him. So, uh, yeah, you, you don't, you don't want to feel that one. Uh, he probably should have thrown that ball away a little bit sooner. But then later on in the game, he did throw the ball away in similar situations. He learned from it. And just generally, he was operating the offense at a pretty high level. And then, like I said, again, the, the interception started to come later on. The first one to Nelson Aguilar, don't think that was entirely on him. It's a bad route. Don't necessarily love the decision because, again, it seemed like he thought Devontae Parker was in the game. And Devontae Parker was not in the game. That was Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar predictably can't play the way Devontae Parker plays. And so that's an interception. Tradavius White stops Aguilar up, picks the ball off, then throws high to Hunter Henry. I don't know if I love that one. I mean, it was it was aggressive. He's trying to keep his team in the game. And that one goes high off of Hunter Henry's hand, gets picked off. Tough decision. I don't I'm not necessarily going to fault Hunter Henry for that one. It's, that was a really tough play. Ball was put in a tough spot for him to really be able to come down with it. It is what it is. And then the check down later, look, I mean, Damian Harris pops it up in the air. I mean, he threw it behind him. He threw it low. Damian Harris, just stand there. Let him get you the ball. He's drifting out of the backfield. This has been kind of a common thing with some of the running backs. you are drifting on their check downs, not getting into you know, the routes fast enough. This dude's under pressure. Just stand around, get the ball, and, and take whatever's given. You don't got to keep on trying to you – know, it's you, Beg for for any extra yard that you can get there. That's a tough play. Anyway, I feel like if you're looking for things to be mad at Mac Jones about, you can absolutely find them from this game. But if you wanted reasons to think that he has learned, as he said after the game, he he put it on himself. It's my offense, blames mine. But he learned a lot more than he ever could have or ever thought he could have in an NFL season. Well, he definitely did. And I think that he showed some of that knowledge, some of that education on the football field. But look, it it hasn't been good enough from Jones and from the rest of the offense. But I think that, again, if you're looking at who is the problem with this offense, Mac Jones is down the list. Because once again, while it worked better, while you got more points, more execution, and what have you. You got, you got some red zone touchdowns, all, all that stuff. You got better third downs. In the end, this offensive coaching just continues to, to rear its head every single game. There are multiple plays where you're like, man, what was the design? What was the point of what just happened there? And I think that the more important thing than getting a new quarterback is going to be getting a new offensive coach. And in particular, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft. I don't know who it's got to be. Who is making the decision to do this? But you better pick somebody that, that actually knows what the hell they are doing. Because this was unacceptable this year. That's it. That's really all I got to say. Um, we've said it all season. Don't want to keep on hammering this to death. But Matt Patricia ain't it. Bill O'Brien Nick Caley, even though apparently Nick Caley might be on the way out the door, just somebody that makes sense. I mean, I, I think especially if Nick Kayley is gone, I think it's almost definitely going to be Bill O'Brien because I don't think you're you're elevating anybody else from within the ranks for that job. So, hey, let's see what happens. Bill O'Brien, come on down, I guess. Moving on to the other side, look, I mean, the, the defense, they gave up 35 points. In the end, I think they They played better than that, all things considered. They forced some takeaways. They competed. They kept themselves in the game. In the end, the Bills are just better. And that's really what it comes down to. The talent was, you know, the talent difference is what it is. But they kept you competitive in this game. And then when you think about it, I mean, that's only 21 points that the defense actually surrendered in this game because you gave up two special teams touchdowns to Naeem Hines. That's 14 points right there, you know, including the extra points. Cam Acord, hope you're preparing your resume, my guy, because you lasted a year longer than you ought to have, and I don't think you're going to be extended that grace this time around. Joe Judge is on the staff. Just let that guy run the special teams next year. That's an easy one. I mean, that... There, while you're talking about offensive coaches, like you, you can hem and haw about that if you're the Patriots. And, oh, you know, we showed improvement down the later in the year. I mean, not that I think there's anything notable that you could point to with Matt Patricia that would make you want to keep him. The KMA court, that's an easy cut. Like uh, they just – you had the worst punters in the league. You gave up three kick return touchdowns in a year. There are multiple mental gaffes on that, on that side of the ball. It's, it's unacceptable. So once again, that's an easy one. Joe judge, you're already here. We're already paying you the, you know, the (laughs) New York giants are paying you for a couple of years. You go ahead and and slide on, on over to that side of the ball and we'll go ahead and give you the reins in your, in your comfort zone. And now we don't have to ask what you do here anymore. There you go, Joe, that's your job. But I think all in all, I mean, the, the score is going to tell you something else about the way that the defense played. I think they played fine. You would have loved more pressure from them in this game, particularly the touchdown pass, Dawson Knox, and a couple of other snaps who are just like Josh Allen's got all day back there to throw the football. But look, poking the ball out on Devin Singletary, the pressure from Matthew Judon up the middle that got Devin McCourty his interception. They did what they could do. And, you know, if you have a better, you have better special teams play, maybe it doesn't go down like that. On that note, you know, Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater, very emotional after the game. You wonder if this is it for them. And I mean, Devin McCourty has been kind of hinting at it. I personally think, again, I, I, he's not going to tell us that, not right now. I mean, he'll, he'll let us know when it's time to let us know, as will Matthew Slater. They've earned that right. I'm not going to put words in, in their mouths, um, but it, it just, it feels like Devin hinted at points, you know, suggesting even after that last game of Gillette, that maybe that was his last home game with the Patriots. So maybe this is it for Devin McCordy. I also think that Matthew Slater is going to be 38 years old next year. It's completely reasonable to think that this was his last game with the Patriots if they're, if one of them is going to go, I kind of hope they both go out together because it would just feel symbolic. It would feel right to have these two guys who are pillars of your franchise go out together after everything that they've accomplished on the same team and, and everything they meant to this franchise. Of course, you're losing again two pillars of your team from a leadership standpoint. And you really just can't represent the team any better than they have over the you know twenty plus years combined. they've both been on this team at the same time again, it would just be, it would just make sense, sense of closure to me. And look at the end, they both did stuff in their final games if this was it. and Devin McCourty had a heck of a game, right? Forced fumble, pass breakup, interception. Matthew Slater, I mean, he, he took responsibility for the kick return touchdowns, but honestly, I don't put that on him. I I mean that that's an overall special team thing. Miles Bryant missed a tackle where if he doesn't miss that tackle on the second Naeem Hines return, we're not even talking about this. So I'm I'm really not looking at Matthew Slater sideways for that. But that for that that created muff punt recovery that he had, where he pushed. Taiwan Jones into the ball as it was rolling around on a New England punt and New England, New England was able to recover that. I mean, come on. That is veteran savvy at its finest. Absolutely love that if that's one of his last special teams plays with the New England Patriots. Excellent stuff. Going forward, you got a lot of questions about what's going on with this team beyond Devin McCordy and Matthew Slater. Now you've got a situation where your offensive line could look pretty different from the tackle positions because you've got no right tackle necessarily sewn up. Connor McDermott played pretty solidly. You could see him being in the mix, you know, in for competing for that job next year. Trenton Brown is not guaranteed to be here. He's under contract, but that is, you could easily cut him if you wanted to. So we'll see how that goes. The receiver position could be entirely different aside from Tyquan Thornton, who's the only guy rookie, and then he'll be going into his se- the second year of his rookie contract. Literally everyone else could be gone in theory. So you got to overhaul the pass catchers for this team. I personally think it would be great to see Jacoby Myers back in town if you can get him for a price that seems reasonable to you. You might have to pay him. 10, 11, 12 million dollars a year. And from that standpoint, I don't know if the Patriots do that because they have shown time and again they don't like doing that for wide receiver. I'm not even just for wide receivers, but undrafted people that that they've that they've had in their organization. They don't love shelling out that kind of money. If they can get to keep you on a discount, they will do it. And Jacoby Myers will probably be one of the, the top two wide receivers on the free agent market. So Unless they're willing to spend at the top of the market to keep Myers, I don't know that they're going to do it. Aguilar, gone. I mean, I I can't see any reason that they would want to keep him around. Devontae Parker's under contract. I feel like he probably stands a good chance of of, of sticking around. He was their ex-receiver. He produced generally when he was on the field. And Mac Jones certainly seems to have a rapport with him. So I could see Devontae Parker being back. Kendrick Bourne, your guess is as good as mine because he's under contract as well. But this year just did not work for for Kendrick Bourne until sort of the end when finally they had no choice but to play the guy. and And he produced. And he produced the way we kind of thought that he would when you actually got him the football. So I have no idea what happens with Kendrick Bourne if he sticks around. I mean, it would probably go a lot a long way to smoothing things over if Matt Patricia was not that man's offensive coordinator. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And then defensively, you need corners because what, whether you're talking about talent, depth, what have you, what they've got at cornerback is not going to cut it against some of these really good offenses in the division. I mean, Jonathan Jones, he's an admirable player. I like him. I think they should try to retain him. And I feel like they probably could retain him at a reasonable price. I could absolutely see him back being with this team. But he can't be your number one cornerback. You can't go into next year being like, "Oh yeah, we're good with John Jones and a couple of second year players. You got to spend in free agency to get some more veteran talent in here. You've got to draft another corner and you you've got to you got to overhaul there because you those the receivers in this division, they're not going anywhere. And throughout the league in in the AFC, if you want to compete with the Bengals too, or you know, some of these other squads, right? You're going to have to get corners that, that can run with them as well. And too many times this year, I think they've been fine. They have not been the abject disaster that we thought they would be. Neither of the linebackers, interestingly. We thought the linebackers were going to be pretty terrible as well, and they ended up being just fine. So, I, again, I think that, that you could do far worse, but you got to be far better for what the NFL is right now. There's going to be a huge offseason for the Patriots, Huge offseason, I think, for deciding whether or not Bill Belichick can get this job done in terms of getting this team back to a Super Bowl and whether or not riding with him is just about him getting to Don Shula's wins record or whether they're doing it because they believe that he's honestly the guy who's going to get them back to a Super Bowl. I mean, this coming year, to me, will say everything about whether or not they are trying to honestly buck the trend and do what needs to be done to become a real contender or if it's just gonna be like you know what we'll just put together a competitive team and then i'll try and squeeze every little bit out of them because i feel like we've seen that unless you've got the greatest quarterback of all time you cannot realistically play that way and hope to win that's how i see it anyway we'll see how they approach things we're now the senior bowl the draft coming up here pretty soon but look i'll be checking in with you about the rest of the league, how the playoffs are unfolding and what that might mean for the New England Patriots down the road as well. I'm Kyrie Thompson, this has been First in Fox, bro. It's been great doing this with you all season long. And like I said, we'll still be here, still covering football, still talking about what's going on in the NFL and what the Patriots are doing in the offseason. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch.